Welcome back to the Love Your Story podcast. Today is part two in the Tanya Don Terry interview series, and we jumped midway into her story this week. Last week, we discussed her five abusive marriages, her experience as a five-year-old being used in a satanic ritual, her processes of figuring out how to use her specific spiritual gifts of healing, and her escape to Oregon as she followed spiritual guidance on breaking the messy patterns in her life. This week, we pick the story back up in Oregon, and she tells her story that she's never told before, and we discuss the process for healing. Tune into this conversation for some authentic and powerful discussion about growth, evolution, and the four pillars of transformation. Awaken, explore, choose, be. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Tanya Don Terry brings a unique approach to personal transformation. She currently works as a transformation coach where she is known for her intuition in the healing arts, neurofeedback, and life coaching. Tanya is an expert at guiding her clients through the chaos of change so they can transform their pain and fear into wisdom and courage. She is about maximizing freedom, joy, peace, and abundance for living an ideal and authentic life. But All of this starts and stems from her story. So let's go back to Oregon then. So there you are back in Oregon and you are um, granola out and hanging out with Joe and he's leading you on adventures. And what was the next thing that you discovered? And now that we understand some of your spiritual background. Hmm. So... You know, I took little odd and in type of jobs. I I wasn't really feeling the call or even really wanting to show up for anybody anymore um, or to be seen. I was just kind of enjoying being part of the nature's background. But then... <laughs> I always love that part oh, of the story. <laughs> then, so uh, let's see, about five years into it. Yeah, four, four or five years into it, I'm working at this company as a temp, I just I just barely, uh, so I got sent over there to do a temp job for this coaching company. And one of the owners leans over to me and she goes, what are you doing behind a desk? Literally, she doesn't know me, never met this woman. And all of a sudden, I knew I was being asked to show up again. And I kind of didn't want to. Uh, another herald right <laughs> another herald uh. I didn't even know what she meant by that at first and yet I did <laughs> right I just didn't know what that would look like Lori sure what does that mean well and are you still figuring it out or did you know I kind of sort of am still figuring it out but here's the thing you're the first person that I've ever told this story to this, is the, this will be the first time anybody will publicly know about my story, my history, my many messes. 
So that's new. I'm honored. Thank you. And, and you know what? I, I felt supported and safe to do that. You're, you're, you're talking about, what did you call a herald? Yeah. You're helping me usher in my story that's never been told. And guess what? You know why I'm willing to tell that story? Because a couple months back, as I tried to go back to playing small again, there was a realization. I never wanted to talk about my story. One, it was too scary. It was too ugly. Um, I felt too judged and I didn't want it to come alive. I wanted just to shut the door and move on. But here's what, I got a divine tap on the shoulder a couple months ago and it said, the, 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 it said, meaning the awareness was, Tanya, you may have thrived and survived and got on the other side of this, but there's people just beginning this journey and they could use the support and the guidance along the way. And I go, oh my gosh, that's why you're telling me to show up and speak up because I've navigated through this and just the five marriages alone, I've done this five times just with that mess of my life. Damn straight I know how to navigate. <laughs> that doesn't mean I do it for somebody, but I can go heads up. So this is what's next and this is what you can bump up against. I'm, I'm empowering them in their strength. I'm not intercepting. I'm not removing something that's theirs to earn. Get it? Yeah. And so now you've got, not only do you have this tremendous amount of experience and messiness and trial and error and all of the things that teach us, right? Mm -hmm. But then you couple that with the spiritual gifts that you have, um, the intuitiveness, the actual being able to heal. Wow. What a powerful combination. Mm -hmm. What a powerful combination you are. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much. How exciting is that? You know, I'm ready. I, I and How does this look like? I, you know, I'm stepping up into, I, I can't really call myself a life coach. That just, it, it's more like a strategist for transformation because I really, it's like, I like to tell people, put your mess on the table because I can put things together just like that. It's a guide. You're a guide. Yeah. You're a healing guide though. Yes, and it isn't just by the touch of my hand. There's a presence that I've earned uh-huh. I hope that doesn't sound no, too weird. No, I get that. Okay. You do earn it. You earn I've, that kind I of thing through oh. the hard work, the trial yeah. and error, the, the fixing it. Just the, I, I think you earn those stripes when you go through the dark spaces, right? But you stand back up in the arena and you figure out how do I make that healthy? How do I take the meaning mm-hmm. and the the healing? How do I reframe the bad into something positive? That's work. That's earned. You earn that. You earn the, the, the standing up and the walking away stronger. That's not something you're just given. Mm. Mm, thank you. Because here's the thing. You're right. Over and over again, I was called to the arena mm. over again. Right. Yes. Um, you said my discomfort is my ticket to freedom. What does that mean to you? Mm. It was when I was willing to, and had that conversation, God, show me. I had to be willing to be uncomfortable in my life because my discomfort was my ticket to freedom. I didn't know that, but that is the price you pay. You have to to be in the discomfort to earn the freedom. It doesn't just poof, disappear. You have to face it. You have to walk through it. You have to reframe it. And it's unfreaking comfortable. 
So the, the five steps that I have to help people do the same thing. I mean, as a, a similar path of, I have been there. I have walked that path. Mm-hmm. I know the five steps because I've, I've earned them, mm-hmm. right? I know these steps. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. I can help you walk through and reframe this experience so that you're in a space mm-hmm. of being able to heal and being able to move forward. But it is very much a walking with you shining the light on the things that, you know, shifting perspective, helping you to do that. Um, Warriors of light a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Healers. Yeah. And here's the thing, Lori. So I have this saying that I, that I have, that's you alone must do the work, but you can't do it alone. And that means, you know, nobody could, could repair my life. Nobody could give me my power. That was mine to walk through. That was mine to write. However, there is no way I could have done that alone. Yes, I had the divine, but you need tangible, physical people. Mm. So all along the way, I would invest in myself, whether it was a mentor, a teacher, a coach, a healer. I invested in myself along the journey because I could not do it alone. Mm. See, those are the mentors. Those are the mentor archetypes Mm. in our stories. And sometimes... You bring them in. Sometimes they just show up, but they hold the yeah. gifts that help you at each crossroad, right? Absolutely. Yes. And and see, so so if I'm not showing up for somebody, you know, so I'm sure that there's this divine way of somebody else will then pick up the slack. But was that not an agreement somewhere in my life before I came down here that I will show up for you? When you are at this crossroads, girl, I would have pioneered through this so I can give you a heads up and walk beside you. Sword drawn if necessary. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that accentuates the connectedness, too, of all of us as um human souls and beings um the the illusion of our separateness is something that we have to overcome because the deep connection to all of us to each other on an energetic level on a spiritual level is the reality that we so often do not see but part of the beauty of that and part of the rising to the next level I think is that space where you are willing to pick up the sword and stand next to somebody else to help them through that dark swamp because you know where the rodents of unusual size are going to pop up right 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 and I'm all the more discerning Lori of shady characters Mm. and agendas because I pick up on them where somebody may not now it's theirs to choose if they're going to wrap that up, but I can pick up on those. That'd be nice. I often wish that I could read people's minds that I had that special gift of knowing. Oh, it's not always on. Now it comes on as needed and I get to bump and bruise myself still, right? Wow. It's ever a journey. It would be far too powerful if you, <laughs> if you could have it all. I'm ever so human. <laughs> so you also said, if you don't like where your life is at, you have the divine right to change your mind. Yes. Can I just call bullshit on you made your bed, now lie in it? <laughs> because yes, that's right. what I did again and again and again with my relationships. Um, people can judge that I've been divorced five times, but here's the thing. I put up with so much for so long and then I left. If I would have stayed in that bed because I made it, I shuddered. One, I may not be alive, honestly, in some of those relationships. And two, I never would have met or been or become the woman I am today. 
right? And how tragic would that be? How tragic would that be? Because you are this beautiful, bright, shining. Um, a lot of the people that I interview, I don't ever get to be in their presence. But Tanya and I are doing a live interview today. And she is she is a shining soul. Bless you have you. a beautiful energy. Thank you, Lori. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, you know, um, we're given agency because we make choices. But if we feel like we have to, like sometimes our society looks at changing your mind as flaky. And I'm like, no, because if you're growing and you're changing and evolving, you must change your mind. Mm. And it will happen again and again and again. Now, I am not saying go through repeated marriages. No, I'm not saying that. That's not a fun experience. But I am saying allow yourself to take stock and review and say, is my life fulfilling the way it is now? What can I change my mind on? You have the divine right to have a life that's full, fulfilling, thriving, and not settling. So what do you think of the mindset that has to do with life is a test and a trial and so it's simply going to be hard and you buck up to deal with that and that's that's life life's hard and then you die mm. no Why? no that's not the truth and you know what kept me getting back up again and again and again was there's a level of optimism that i had to always say there's something better than this and guess what there always was always The header on your website shouts out four words, awaken, explore, choose, be. Why these four words? I came up with what I call the four pillars of transformation, which is awaken, explore, choose, and be. You can't start your journey without awakening. You have got to get off autopilot and take the wheel. That's part of the awaken part. Then, um, Explore. Now you have to observe your life and take stock of what needs changed. Uh, you're awake now and you're taking inventory. Then you get to choose. You're a choice now. What do you want to become? It's, it's an action now. And then the final is now be it. Anchor that in. And here's the thing. Once you anchor yourself in, you must align with the tribe that resonates with your new vibration. Sometimes that means letting go of friendships and other people. But when you change and evolve, you must resonate with that new energy with like minds. And I'm, I'm not saying that this is a popularity contest and you only then associate with certain people, but I'm saying in your private social circle, you, you find people that inspire and empower you to maintain that new state of being because you will slide back if you don't. You know, there's a there's a popular saying um, that you, I know I'm slaughtering it, but that you are similar to the five people that you spend the most yeah. time around, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, sorry about that. No, the, something the, like, I know what you're talking about. I think it's the culmination of the five people. That yeah. you are the culmination yeah. of something. Yeah, that you're you know. the culmination of the five people you spend the most time um, with or something. Which I think it would be interesting and maybe an interesting challenge for the listeners to think about um, 
as, as you listen to this or as a takeaway from this of who are the five people that you spend the most time with and, and look at who they are. What kind of energy do they exude? What kind of support and love and spaces do they come from? Um, and is, are, is that the kind of space that you want to live in? Or do you need to maybe make a shift in those associations so that you are around people that um, lift you and support you and that feel like they're vibrating and moving forward in the, in the space and in the way that you want to? Um, mm-hmm. Because sometimes we just stay with the people that we know because that's what we know and that's where we're comfortable. And, you know, maybe just a look at that is an awakening of am I, you know, playing small? Are there other people that I would prefer to learn from and associate with and spend more time with? And do I shift and reach out to those people so that I can gain and learn? Um, so you explore that and then you choose the people you want to yes. be with and then, and you, then be you, be. you be that. Yes. Yeah. I love that challenge because here's the thing that to make that simple, if you're, t- if you're taking stock of the relationships in your life or the people in your life, you can, one by one, take take that person or that choice that ex- and just say, is this adding to or depleting mm. me? Um, are they are they contributing or are they are they vampiring? Are am I leaking? Do I find myself exhausted when I'm around this person? Am I having to always be showing up for them as the strong? Is this really balanced? And um, some of these are going to be family members. And then I don't feel like we need to cast them to the wayside. But sometimes you need to have in place boundaries around, okay, with this person, I'll share this much. But you always need a round table of people that are at your table and they have a name and a place at your table because you trust them. They're powerful, they're insightful, and they have something to bring to you. That's when I'll take somebody's opinion. If they're at my round table, mm. everybody else keep it to yourself. Really, truly, because somebody who's sitting in the seat instead of instead of being a warrior in the arena, you don't get to have a voice in my in my fight. It's doing all I can. You keep your opinions to yourself. Those at the round table, if I'm trying to discern something for myself, maybe I, I can't see something quite clearly, I'll go to those people that I trust who I who I know won't have an agenda other than speaking and helping me to see truth. That is an opinion I'll listen to. And I think it merits pointing out that when there are people that we need to shift out of our space, that doesn't mean that we despise them or we no longer love them or we can't be um, a supportive energy, you know, around them or hope good things for them or even spend some time with them. I think it's simply an acknowledgement of who do I want to spend more time with? Who lifts me? Who brings me joy? Who who moves me forward? Whose opinions do I trust or who do I want to be like? Yeah. And can I, um, through action, engage in creating a relationship with those people and choose to spend my time in those spaces. Mm-hmm. And and then you have less time for the, the other people that are in different spaces and different roads of energy and learning and spiritual progression. But they'll find their people. They'll find yeah. their 
And I like what you said. It's not about being dismissive of somebody unless they're abusive in some form, verbally or just exhausting or whatever that is. But you're right. We're, we're this big soup and somebody is the carrot and somebody's the the broth and somebody's the potato. And it makes it richer when there's different viewpoints. But what I'm saying is somebody could make that soup ever so bitter. You don't get to go in my soup. Um I don't know if that even made sense. <laughs> I said, I'm like, how's that analogy? <laughs> but, but don't be dismissive. Yeah, everybody's walking around in their own pain, doing the best they know how to do. Well, and I think you know intuitively. Like, like I was speaking with a friend the other day, and she is choosing to stay with her husband that she's been with a long time. But I said, why... Why do you stay with him? Because they're separated. They live in different houses, and she really... But every time it comes time to pull the trigger and sign the papers, she doesn't do it. And I said, well, why do you choose not to work it out then, right, if you don't Mm -hmm. want to pull that trigger? And she said, I don't like being around him. I don't enjoy him. We're not together. I don't want to be around him. Um, And just that one comment, and I won't go into any more of it, but just that one comment is a real indicator like we're talking about he's not a person that she wants mm-hmm. at her table mm-hmm. he's not a person that has the energy and the space that is that's moving forward or in the direction that is making her happy or lifting her or creating any positivity in her life and so there is definitely that space of choosing um who and how and how much does how much does missing do we do so that's an individual relationship by relationship decision that of course we have to make with each of these people and particularly it's it's hard when it's family members what if you have a child that is bringing a lot of you know negativity or maybe there's addictions Mm -hmm. or you know people when they have a child with a drug addiction and it's in the home and they get to that space where they have to kick them out because they're hurting other people in the home I mean those are hard hard Mm -hmm. spaces so each one of these relationships that we're talking about takes individual consideration but oftentimes there are easier ones where it's just a friend that sucks you dry all the time and you simply know there was a time for you to walk with me and that time Mm -hmm. isn't anymore Mm -hmm. and I need to let you go and find the people you need to walk with now and it's okay to do that too absolutely it is because what we don't understand is sometimes we we get too wrapped up and well I can't do this to this other person but you know what there's a there's this beautiful divine law that when you honor your truth it will automatically be a truthful, loving action for somebody else, even if that means saying to somebody goodbye. Yes, I I absolutely agree with that. There's a reason why that door is closing. And sometimes we don't think we can close that door because that's just not kind or you worry about the other person, but that's the very thing you're being called to do. The truth of your voice, of the closing of the door or a certain action that, that you may be judging yourself that you need to take, if it's in truth and love, take it because it's, it will also be for their highest good, whether it looks messy or not. I like that you say it will also be for their highest good because sometimes that freedom, the cut of that of that connection is what allows them to soar, what allows them to let go and move in the direction that they need to go. Mm-hmm. So staying tethered to someone when, it's, when it no longer is serving mm-hmm. is a space of stagnation it's a space of being stuck and we often talk about getting unstuck mm-hmm. so that we can move forward and sometimes yes. that's so much about people and, and sometimes 
when we're in those choices of cutting out off a relationship, of we look at all that we think we're going to lose mm. and the judgment we can have on ourselves that nobody will understand that we compromise and we don't do it. But here's the thing. We don't stop to see what's this, what is this costing me personally? It's almost like if I continue in this dance and I just grind through this, it'll get better. Honey, if it hasn't been better in two years, a year, three years, 20 years, 20 years, likely it's not going to get, and it's time for some action. So what, I mean, I can hear your wisdom. The listeners can hear your wisdom. If somebody wanted to work with you, what do you offer people? I mean, now does it, do you have like a package? Do you, um, take a client and walk with them and help them see the things that they can't see? What does that look like for you? So newly stepping into this, um, as far as advertising myself, I, I do personal private coaching. And right now I have a special of five sessions for $500. Mm-hmm. And I always offer people a 30 minute session with me to have a conversation to see if I'm a good fit for them. Am I your next Am I your next mentor, your next teacher? Let's on, let's let's have a conversation. That's always free. And then I'm putting two uh, packages together that are groups. And one is specifically targeting divorced women. I want to see them emerge strong. And I'm calling it Braving Liberation. Ooh. So any woman that's going and trying to redefine herself or hitting a reset or wondering if she wants to even go there, I'm creating a forum for you to walk with you through that. So... What a needed space, oh my especially gosh. with your experience and, and the healing. Anytime those transitional spaces, particularly with divorce, right? I mean, marriage is this space where you are combining lives, bodies, spirits, souls, finances, you know, children, family, friends, associations. Mm-hmm. You are so entwined mm-hmm. with another person. To make the transition, to separate that out is not only can it be completely debilitating on so many levels oh, yeah. because you're, you're ripping part of yourself apart, right? I mean, Absolutely. you are unraveling your is, life. It's a death. Absolutely. And it's so common now that it's like, oh, so-and-so got divorced. You know what? No, no big deal. Whatever. We'll bounce back. We all bounce back. But, but the reality of it is, is those private paths of bouncing back are long and messy and, and, ugly and sometimes people bury things really quickly and are you know hopping along looking for you know their next mess yeah but but the real work of doing it well is a very personal painful like messy journey yeah. so to have someone like you who could work and and I I bring up the the pain and the mess of it which you know is an obvious statement, but also because there's so much healing that has to take place mm-hmm. before you're ready to engage in a healthy space. And a lot of that comes from, like you're talking about, awakening to what was your responsibility and the things that didn't go right and exploring yes. who do I want to, how do I want to change and what can I do better and what can I take from what I've learned? And then choosing mm-hmm. who who that is. Take action. Yeah, yeah, take action moving now. forward. Yeah. And then being this new um Recreating, Like I said, we just ripped your life apart. You just ripped your life apart through the, the choice to do this, to move on. And then who? what do you get to put it back and make it look like now and be 
we come to that last word, be, who do you get to be now moving forward, healthier, happier, having learned, having gained perspective from the things you learned and not just taking away the pain in a space of bitterness and regret and shame, um, shifting from those into explore, choose, be. You know, what I love about what you just said is um, when you're just starting this journey, you can't, you, you, you might want to cast ahead that things will get better, but you don't even know what that looks like. Right then and there, all you're feeling and seeing is the loss. And where do I start? It's so big. But I'll tell you what, halfway through that journey, as we start to take honest inventory and personal responsibility, sure, there could be some ways you were victimized, but you know what? That's not where you're gonna stay. No, you can't stay there. Uh, that does not produce healing. So there's gotta be a level that we, we take accountability I'm not saying somebody deserved a slap on the face. I'm not saying that. Honest inventory, personal stock. Halfway when you start to do that, you start to really give yourself the freedom of, you know what? How big can I get? How expansive can I be? And something shifts and all the fear and the loss and all that starts to transform into, oh my gosh, this was more than I thought. Oh my gosh, this is bigger and greater. And oh my I'm, gosh, I'm bigger and oh greater. Oh my gosh, I'm bigger <laughs> and greater. Yeah. Well, and I love, you know, I don't want this to sound like a commercial about you because that's not the point of this interview at all. But what I do want to point out is there may be a woman listening to this right now that is going through this very thing or embarking or stepping out there and she's going, I am so full of fear and I'm so full of pain and what you're talking about sounds really neat, except I'm not there and I need somebody to walk next to me. If somebody would just walk next to me so that I can find my way, um, it would mean the difference between life and death, you know? And yes. not maybe not literal life and death, but life and death of the greatest life I could live versus shifting into this space of hopelessness and darkness right. and, and groping around for where do I go next? And that's the beauty of what I hear you um, offering and from who you are is let me walk with you and mm -hmm. remind you of who you are and remind you of what the possibility is and remind you um, of what can be ahead and help you find that for you for yes. you it's, it's a thank you for pointing that out because it's not about what I think their life looks like is no it's really um, it's paralyzing you I'm sure you can relate to that fair it can be absolutely paralyzing sure and so from lots of spaces, from I don't want to be alone, from oh. um, who I, you know, financially even, am, am I ready to support myself financially when it's been a two-income family? Or how do I how do I raise my kids by myself? Or I mean, there are so many spaces Absolutely. of fear and doubt and I don't know how to do this and, and I've never had to, you know, do maybe they didn't get their degree and now they've got to go to school and be a mom and, you know, who knows? I'm speaking about this from the female perspective, and I know that many, many, maybe at least half of the listeners are male. So, you know, we, we acknowledge that and shift that into the, the male perspective also. You know, when you're going through the divorce, there are different angles of fear and loneliness and things that you are addressing. Do you work only with women? No, I've actually worked with a couple of men in the past, but what I'm noticing, and that's why I'm creating this support group for divorced women, Braving Liberation. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to do personal coaching or group coaching. I think there's something in numbers. 
but um, many women who are who have lost their sense of who they are and where they're going or even paralyzed from making the decision they know they need to move forward are showing up in my space and I'm like I got it I get it I see you I'll make a space for you let's travel together because there's something about not feeling alone when you feel utterly, utterly annihilated or you don't know what from down sometimes when it's really bad where you start and what I what I intend to do is say let's do bite sizes let's do three things at a time walk with me you will make progress you will get there trust me because I know right now you have more doubts than you have knowings but the beauty of my message is I've done this five times now and you do get on the other side. And somebody could say, yeah, but you did it five times. You didn't learn it the first time. <laughs> well, not everybody has to be as thick-headed as I do. <laughs> five times just gives you more practice. <laughs> I, just, I just got lots of practice. <laughs> the other thing, too, about five times is that, you know how bad it is once? It really is bad every time. You don't join your life with somebody and make those emotional connections and promises and commitments and not go through a process again mm-hmm. and again. And sometimes the first time is the worst. Be- I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't. I, that may be just imposing my experience. Um, not that my first marriage was my worst marriage, simply that 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 decision, that first process you go through to actually leave a marriage seems to be much more complex and difficult to make than once you've done it. You know, it's easier to get divorced the second time. I mean, that's factual. Statistics show well, that, you know, 50% of first marriages um, dissolve and 75% of second marriages dissolve. Do you want to know why? And this is why I'm a five-timer, Lori, and why, God willing, I won't have to go through this again. The reason why it's repetitive is because we don't, or I'll speak of myself, I didn't want to look at myself. I didn't do the healing work. I thought a new relationship will solve that. And I brought myself and my junk and my drama and my illusions with a new partner expecting it to be different. Now they may have looked different. Some things may have been different, but I was the same. I was still playing small. I was still doing things to sabotage myself, therefore the relationship. So will it happen again? It can. If you don't take the time to stop and heal, then go forward. That's what changed it for me, Lori. It had to hurt five times at many different deep, deep levels of pain before I go, I'm the common denominator in this. Oh my gosh. Well, and and what can I control? Because you can't control the other people. The only thing that you can control and change if you want a different outcome is yourself. So even if it's not, you're the common denominator, that doesn't mean it's always your fault, right? I mean, we're not, I don't even mean to bring the word fault in, right? You're saying, but they have agency. They make choices. They do things that destroy the relationship, hitting you, throwing things at you, you know, you you don't you don't have to take responsibility for their actions that's not your fault no. but the the what do i control 
Who do I control? What can I be responsible for that can change and shift where I'm going and who I'm being and get different results for me? And that's simply where you have to focus. There's nowhere else to focus. Totally, totally true. Truth bomb right there. And here's another thing though that we're, we're not aware of. We emit an energy that attracts partners to us. So those people that aren't, I kept attracting partners for the most part that really were not healthy or kind men. They were looking for a little woman type. And because I was playing small, guess what I attracted? But when I went on my eat, pray, love journey, and I was in my own, holding my own, speaking my truth, no mass, being raw and real, I gravitated, gravitated a magnificent man, a, a, just an amazing man. But I had to shift energetically. I had to magnify um, myself to gravitate towards this type of a a relationship. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so that's why the ownership is not, no, Um, a woman who's being hit, demeaned, cheated on, beat, any of that, we didn't ask for that. But in the plane of the smallness and not owning the loveliness of who we are, that's the ownership I'm talking of. That's the ownership of, you are so much more valuable So in what way am I responsible for my boyfriend who cheats on me? Because I don't feel like I am. I feel like if he chooses something else or if he chooses to do that, to take that route, to go behind my back, to break that trust thinking he's not going to get caught, whatever it is, what responsibility do I have for that? I I mean, I I get that I have can take the responsibility of I can choose to stay and if I choose to stay in that, then I have the responsibility for that, or I can choose to go because I think more highly of myself and want to be in a space where I'm more respected. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual bringing the his actual choice and action and agency to do that, are you suggesting I have a responsibility for that? Zero responsibility. You are never responsible ever, ever, ever for someone else's choices. The only level of responsibility I'm speaking of, where did I contribute in this relationship? And that speaks only to, I mean, this could go a couple different ways, depending on a context, but I'll just give you one way. Let's just say a woman is choosing to ignore her her partner and um, is demeaning, and he in the process, they're not speaking, he goes off and cheats. Now, is she responsible for his cheating? No, however, and this is, again, there's always a context. This is not a blanket statement, just an example. But did that woman in any way contribute to that action? Maybe, maybe not. If, if, if there was a level at which somebody was communicating openly, lovingly, uh, it was a healthy relationship from both people. See, see what I mean? Well, except that I feel like there's an implication there then that if... I'm not putting out and being the sexual kitten that my partner wants me to be all the time, that he has some kind of um, get out of jail free card to go get his needs met someplace else. I'm so glad that you voiced that because if any woman is hearing that, that is not the message here. My message is, are you being in kindness and authenticity? Are you giving love? This does not mean giving away your body when you don't feel like being intimate. This is not... Uh, defaulting to somebody else's needs beyond your own. 
I'm speaking only of, are you open in love with this person? Are you openly giving and showing forth love? Never backseating yourself, never demeaning or compromising to meet somebody else's needs. That's a whole different ballpark. Does that, yeah, does thank that answer you. that? Thank you. Absolutely. I'm in agreement. So as we wrap this up, have we hit on your whole story or do we have more to tell? You know, honestly, there are more parts to my story, but I think maybe this is enough for now. Um, it, it's hard to it's hard to know, but I will say, in just speaking not to just the ritual of satanical abuse, I had to journey through severe anxiety, disabling panic attacks, being uh, misdiagnosed for bipolar because they didn't understand the context of what I was trying to thrive through. Being given multiple medications at 1.8 to 10 was so medicated that I was dumbed down. And in that medicated state, I could cope, but I was absence of joy and feeling. And there's the journey of, I finally took my health and well-being in my own hands and got myself ultimately off all those medications. And uh, I was rescinded. They said, you don't have bipolar. I said, I know, but nobody was knowing what I was going through. But that's a specific, that's a different journey. I guess what, what I just want to leave with is I've been knocked down multiple times and more than multiple. <laughs> what's, just, what's the word so, for that, right? right? You've been in the arena fighting and getting knocked over for decades decades and you keep getting back up only every time you get back up you're stronger and you have more um you have more skill you have more wisdom you the fight changes more people see with all these different experiences from the suicide of my sister to my own relationships to uh leaving the religion leaving the religion i have been gifted so many messes that I can journey in so many ways with so many people. Now, I'm not gonna be for everyone and I'm not saying that, but I sincerely am confident in walking a journey of so many different ways. And can I just point out to the listeners how beautifully she has reframed or framed, (laughs) right? The, The things that have happened to her. This is what we talk about all of the time on here, creating your life on purpose, not only through the actions and the law of the harvest, where whatever seeds you plant is what you're going to grow, right? So that's the active stuff we're doing now. But also the creation of your life on purpose has to do often with finding your mentors, right? With mm-hmm. with reaching out, choosing the people that are around you, um, hiring the people that, that can bring you what you need that, that you don't have or finding them. Um, and the creating your life on purpose is also about taking responsibility for all of the messy stuff, standing back up. That's that's the purposeful. That's the mm-hmm. action. Mm-hmm. You take that, you find the meaning, you find the silver lining, you find the things that you needed to learn, and then you stand up and you move forward. And all of this, sure, it's easy to talk about in theory when you get into the real, the um, the rape, the cancer, the, the death of parents, the you know, what are some of the other messes we run into? Divorce, of course. You know, I mean, all of this real life, death of a child, um, losing your job, but, you know, 
business investments, you know, people screwing you over. I mean, we get into these the real life messes, what they are. Um, few people probably have the satanic ritual thing to have to deal with, but you know, all our variety of those things. Um, but the things we're talking about today are the hopeful things of, and, and the example of watching somebody else be able to do that, take the mess, uh, learn, grow, find their way through, see the example of doing that, despite the fact that it, you know, we have to get to that low, low sometimes, like you were at on that fifth divorce and say, the shit stops here. Yes. No more. This is going to change. Now. And then that process of asking and humility and action and forward growth. And um, that's creating your life on purpose, people, because the on purpose is the action that is required from you. Absolutely. Beautifully said, my dear. Hey, can I share a poem with you? That would be awesome. What have you got? So this is by Holly Holden Love. And she says, and then one day she simply stopped waiting to get there, be more, or work it all out, and she laid down on the grass and drank in the beauty of the messy wonder that was her life. Love it. Love it. Okay, why? Why does this speak to you? What does it mean? You know why that spoke to me? Because I was all about grinding it out, trying to get there, trying to be more, trying to figure it out, to make it all work out. And when I released that need to do all that, that was in the way of me being. And I just, like she said, she laid down on the grass and drank in the beauty messy, the beauty, the beauty of the messy wonder that was her life. It's when I allowed my five divorces, my other history, uh, stays in psych ward, all this other so-called messy stuff, when I embraced that as being part of my beautiful mess, um, I relaxed into and allowed myself to be. You came to love your story. I love my story. (laughs) (laughs) And what a difference does it make when you come to love your story? All the difference. I no longer apologize for that. And that is, that's what this whole podcast is about. You know, every single episode, every single tool, every single awakening, every single personal experience that I put on the altar of this podcast, every single story that the people I interview put on the altar of this podcast is about this understanding of the severe importance of coming to love and accept your messy story, whatever it looks like, because it's what it is. Mm. It's, it's what we've got to work with. It's who we are and it's okay. Life's messy. Life is messy for sure. And if you love it, then you can move forward and love love it. And and that's a process. Some, you know, we've just talked about that's a process. There's shame. There's regret. There's fear. There's all of these things that are part of that mess. But there is a space of deep power. And getting to that space of power and moving forward. Before you can embark on that road, you have to come to accept you. You have to come to accept your story. You have to come to accept and love where you've been and understand it and let it be what it is. From a place of deep appreciation and recognition, that's where the love comes from. I love it. Can I add one more thing? Absolutely. So I used to um, have such shame surface around my five divorces. It was like this scarlet letter branded on my forehead. 
And when I was in the dating process and it got disclosed, of course, I disclosed at some point if I thought it was going anywhere, I've had multiple divorces. I literally have had men, men walk out on me, shut the door on me, judge me, and was over and over again left for my story, Lori. But I knew it was mine. And if somebody couldn't see beyond my messes, they didn't get the gift of me. And this man that I'm with now, I told him my story when I knew it was going somewhere. And he was quiet. And he had every right to be. I get it. And he chose me. And he's the right man for me. You know what I love? I love the word chose because I was talking with the cares the other day and they brought this up too. They've been married for um, many years, probably 15. I don't know. I'm totally guessing. But they said that one of the things that they had learned on their trip or something that had come up is that every day they choose who they're with. They choose Mm -hmm. to be together. They Mm -hmm. choose each other. And I, you know, I thought, the beauty of that was just fantastic because it's not, oh, I'm in this marriage with you and I got to stick it out. It's, I choose you. Absolutely. And when somebody chooses you and they choose you knowing fully who you are, fully what that mess is, fully what the mistakes have been, fully what you have learned and grown and respect and trust you and where you've been and who you are now, that's healthy. That's beautiful. That's tremendously vulnerable and valuable and really irreplaceable people and I'll end with this but people will hear our stories and see that we're flawed or people will hear our stories and see the magnificence and the courage those people that see our flaws don't get the cost <laughs> and they don't get the person and attached. they don't get the reward <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being with us today on the Love Your Story podcast. Another magnificent interview that I am honored to have been a part of. Tanya is a tremendous woman. When Tanya embraced her beautiful mess, she came to love her story. Today's final episode in this Tanya Don Terry series is all about the deep power of getting to the space of loving your story, acceptance of self, acceptance of your story, and creating your story slash life on purpose, getting rid of the shame, getting rid of the broken people holding you back, getting rid of the things inside you that need to be shifted for forward movement. This is the process we talk about constantly on this podcast, and Tanya Don Terry is a real-life example of this entire process. I love this discussion with her today because it was deep, it was authentic, it was rich, and it just flowed. There were so many things about our discussion. It, this episode, frankly, is a little bit longer than usual, but it's because there were so many pieces of wisdom, and it just unfolded beautiful, powerful discussion with her. As always, join us on the website, loveyourstorypodcast.com for access to the 21 Life Challenges, to the class for reframing your life stories that might be holding you back, for a, a way to contact me if you so desire. And then here's your call to action. Share this episode with someone you know. Share the love this episode is to empower, to give insight, to inspire. Share that with somebody today. 
and I'll see you next week on the Love Your Story podcast. Mm-hmm.